Welcome to the Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Now, here's your host, Jacqueline James Friedman. Hello. Hello and welcome to Path to a Better Future. I am Jacqueline James Friedman and today's topic on TalkZone Radio is on adoption. If you would like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open. Please call 888-463-6748 or 888-GO-FOR-IT. We are taking your calls on TalkZone right now. My guest today is Kerry and she will be discussing her personal story on being an adopted child and her journey to find herself. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's good to be here. Welcome, and welcome to the show. I thank you so much for giving up your time. I know that you have four children that you're juggling, so I am so <laughs> appreciative. I really am. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to you sharing your story with me and others today who are listening in. In fact, Carrie, you have... A beautiful story to recall that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. But your yes. life really was not a bed of roses, was it? No, no, absolutely not. <clears throat> I've been through, um, you know, I, I'm, I have a family of my own now, as you have mentioned. And, uh, you know, I grew up um, in Northern California in a family of nine, seven which were adopted, Um and, uh, but luckily I was adopted with my twin sister. Oh, so, that's very, very fortunate. Rare. Yeah, very rare. I came from, um, India at mm-hmm. the Mother Teresa's orphanage in New Delhi. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were adopted around, uh, 78, 1978 mm-hmm. and came over to the U.S. together, um, mm-hmm. which was great. And I was adopted into a Caucasian family. Mm-hmm. So there, where I grew up, there wasn't a lot of Indians um, in the area. Maybe there was like two families at most that went to my school. So I didn't really grow up um, knowing my culture. The only thing I really grew up with was knowing that I was from Mother Teresa's orphanage and that there was a picture of Mother Teresa holding me um, as a baby there. And we actually have the original copy which is really cool. Yes, um, it is. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were we were blessed because when she came to the city of San Francisco, we were able to go and visit. I was about 10 years old at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I have, uh, including my, my twin, I have two other brothers who are from India, from different orphanages, and we were able to go. We were... Us four and one other uh, lady were able to go into the back and actually meet her again. Um, wow. Which was really very, very cool. And at 10 years old, you you know, all I remember was she pinched our cheeks, but I didn't fully grasp uh, the significance of coming from Mother Teresa until much later on in life. Were you, you did actually have a picture actually a lot younger too with Mother Teresa, didn't you? Yes, yes, that's the one that was, um, at the time, hung up in the orphanage. Um, I was about, I would probably say, one years old at the time mm-hmm. when that photo was taken. So, um, you know, she's just come in and out of my life uh, periodically. <laughs> that's amazing. For the benefit of anyone listening in, what is the significance of Mother Teresa and the orphanage? Well, sure. Um, Mother Teresa was a huge influence in India. Um, she started a bunch of different orphanages. She really touched the lives of so many untouchables, which mm-hmm. basically there's a caste, there was a caste system in India. And mm-hmm. the untouchables were, were people that were not thought of very highly at all. And mm-hmm. so she, um, really, uh, ministered through, through her ministry to the untouchables as well as kids who just had no homes, kids with disabilities, kids um, with polio. Um, and she and her sisters, she's a nun, her and her sisters kind of 
um, took care of a bunch of kids. And then, yeah. and then an adoption, you know, adoption kind of happened and, uh, we were fortunate. Very yeah. fortunate because a lot of the people, a lot of the kids who are at the orphanages, they, we have no records of anything almost when we were born, oh. you know, who we came from, where we came from, none of that. A lot of the times the nuns would just go around and, you know, they would pick up babies in train stations or other people would leave them off at the doorsteps. So, right, right. Was, so you have no birth certificate, Carrie? No, no. They had really one. Yeah, they had to create one for us. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a miracle that Risa, my sister, and I were able to, to stay together. Gosh, how did they determine your age then? Um, I think it was really based on on size and weight, and you know, medical doctors over there probably. Um, just kind of guesstimated, give or take, within, you know, months of, of probably the actual date. So, wow. So you actually don't know the true date of your birth? No, I don't. I don't. We don't even know. And as twins, we don't even know who was first and who was second. So Interesting. A, yeah, yeah. Um, now, both Risa and I both had polio when we were very, very little. And hers mm-hmm. was affected more in her leg, and mine also was in my leg. But I had um, chronic ear problems, so um, I, you know, I, I've had continuous ear problems throughout throughout my life. Um, so it was actually kind of cool that you know, despite our disabilities, despite mm-hmm. the, the things that were handicapped for us, um, our adoptive parents still wanted us, regardless. Beautiful. What age were you when you were adopted? We were one and a half years old. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was almost almost instantly um, that my parents were able to, you know, see who we were. They each got they, they got photos of us when we were like babies, and it was mm. love at first sight. And so they were like, "Yeah, this, this is what we want. We'll, we'll do what we need to do." Did so, they ever talk about? Uh, the process, how difficult or how easy it may have been for the um, yeah, adoption? It, it was rather difficult. Uh, there's a lot of red tape that you have to get through. And, um, you know, there, you have to go through different stages. Like they didn't, they didn't fly over to India and get us. We were brought to Australia, stayed with the host family for a little bit, and then were brought over to San Francisco on Pan Am Airlines. And oh. at that point, that's when they saw us for the very first time. Um, and we yes. actually have video of that. So. Oh, that's I mean, incredible. Yeah, that's very exciting. It's neat to, to see. How did they know about you then? Did they go to India or or uh, were they here and there was a book with children to adopt? How did that work? Um, what they did was basically because they had, a, they had previously adopted two little girls from Korea. And so based on, you know, their experience with that, they had connections. And so my mom got a phone call one evening and was like, you know, we have these two little girls from India. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you be interested? And so it, it took them all but a night to talk it over and said, yeah, we're very interested. So, yeah, and you know, growing up in, in a such a diverse family, we had, you know, four kids from India, two from Korea, one foster, two, uh, another set of twins born to my parents. Um, it was a lot of, um, inner mixture of cultures. And so really mm. my parents were very adamant as to wanting to bring us up as Americans. You know, so mm. we only got to dabble in to our culture and our history and all of that very, very uh, rarely. Um, so it wasn't until later on that I really kind of, you know, I didn't miss it growing up. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, what happened to my parents? What, you know, where was I from? All of those sorts of things were well, very much so for my sister. She really wanted to find the birth parents. She really wanted to know. Um, mm-hmm. And we just never, we never were able to accomplish that. 
Um, and it wasn't until I really was older and I had a family of my own that I, I started to feel that um, there was something missing. Mm. You know, I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where to go with it. It was my parents did the very best job that they could raising us up as Americans, you know, mm-hmm. no different mm-hmm. from any other. Um, and, you know, growing up in a, in a predominantly white um, era, you know, mm. time frame uh, where I grew up, I, there wasn't very much out there for me to explore. Right. So, um, it wasn't until I had kids, really, that uh, it was like, well, you know, I want them to know about my heritage. But first, before they can know about their, their heritage, I needed to know. I needed to explore and figure that out for myself as well. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. What what was that like? Because obviously you said up to a certain point in your life it really didn't matter and then it became more important as you had children. So what was it like growing up uh, as an adopted child with a number of other brothers and sisters? Um, was it chaotic or was it organized? What, what were your parents I, you like know, with all of that? Um, you know, my parents, um, like I said, my, my dad worked, my mom stayed home. Um, mm-hmm. It was very chaotic. It was a lot, uh, a lot of things happening all at once. A lot mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, as of today, you know, kids have sports and, and after school activities and school working projects. And so it was really difficult to kind of, you know, you, you do the best that you can um, mm-hmm. as far as managing each child and what they have on their plate. I mean, I played soccer. My sister played softball. It was, you know, my brother's, you know, Half of the family had disabilities. You know, my brother couldn't walk. So, and my other mm-hmm. brother didn't. Um, he, he had a limp in his leg. So we had a little more challenges than your typical family would. So right. it was a lot of um, you know therapy lessons and speech lessons and um, things of that nature that was also thrown into the mix. So I chaotic see. was you know. <laughs> the least to, least of it. Um, but, you know, we just didn't really have time. You know, there was so much going on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it was, my parents did the best they could. You know, we've gone out to Indian restaurants before, and we had, we actually even hosted um, an Indian person who came over and was going to Berkeley at the time. So mm-hmm. we got a little bit of culture in there, but not a great deal, you know, with any family, even with just two kids, it's a lot of work. And it's, a, it's very hectic. And just to throw nine in there altogether right. is nearly impossible. <laughs> Quite amazing people to have taken on such a challenge, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they our, our family's Christian and they grew up um, with, you know, that whole nurturing kind of understanding that, you know, we love one another and we try and do the best that we can on this earth. And, mm. um, you know, their calling was adoption, and, and that's kind of what they did. Wow. So, yeah. Beautiful. Very, um, yeah. Kerry, we've got to take a quick break, but I want to talk okay. when we get back um, about that nurturing um, and the love that was bestowed or not bestowed upon you. I want to find out a little bit more about that. So... Okay. We're going to take a short break right now. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. Once again, here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest today is Carrie, and she will be discussing her personal account of being adopted and how she discovered her true self. Um, let's talk about the nurturing, the love, what that looked like in the family unit from your perspective. Um, i got to be honest, you know... Um Growing up in a very large family, um, it's very difficult, in, in my opinion, 
Um, as, as I said again, my parents did the best they could, but to give everybody that uh, full, undivided individual attention. Uh, there were just so many kids. And um, especially as an adoptee, um, there's always that lingering, you know, um, little kind of voice in your head in the back of, you know, well, you know, did my real parents give me up? You know, mm-hmm. am I, you know, am I good enough? Am I, you know, what am I doing? So, you know, and I, and I speak for myself and I always try to do the best that I could and be the, the good child. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, as teenagers, you're, you're, you, <laughs> you do the best you can as a teenager. Um, right. but, um, you know, especially with other kids in the family that had special needs, they certainly needed more attention, um, and more involvement from my parents. So, um, I would say, yes, I felt loved, but I didn't, I didn't really understand what love was, what it really fully meant. Because, again, right off the bat, um, I was given up as a child. Um, you know, again, growing up in a family with, with disabilities and a person who didn't really have that many disabilities, um, it was like, why were they getting all the attention, um, mm. and, you know, instead of me? So right. um, I really had to be independent. I really had to look to myself. Um, or look to other things to find that love. You know, I remember one evening um, we were up at our cabin and it was snowing and I was sitting outside in the snow and I was looking into the house and everybody was playing. It was just me outside just playing in the snow. And I remember looking into this family scene and and feeling completely disconnected, completely Mm. like that is a different, that's a whole other family. Um, you know, everybody was happy, everybody was playing games, sitting by the fire, drinking cocoa, and mm-hmm. uh, I just felt very, very um, separated from that, almost a, a longing. You How say. old were you at this time? Oh, I was probably about 13, yeah. 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of when my identity really kind of started to creep up on me. You know, Correct. who am I? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. do I belong? Where's my, what's my place? Um, you know, who am I as a person? I mean, I'm, I'm Indian, but I'm in a, in a Caucasian family. You know, I have brothers and sisters that are not all like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of confusion. Um, yes. And a, a lot of misunderstandings also. Uh, it, so. In what respect? What were the misunderstandings? I think the misunderstanding was, um, you know, my parents didn't really, um, they didn't really know much about India. So they couldn't really help me explore that side of myself. Mm. They couldn't really, um, you know, one, they didn't have the time. And two, there was so much going on that I don't even think it was something that even was thought of. Um so, you know, I, I, plus, you don't see a lot of families with nine kids walking around. So Correct. no matter where we went, there was a lot of attention. You know, we'd go out to a restaurant and it was just, you know, we'd get looks left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were always kind of in the spotlight mm. in that regard. And so, you know, you're always putting on a, a show. You're always putting on a face, you know, on your best behavior. Um, right. You know, and closed doors, we're like any other family. We always, you know, we fight, we argue, we, um, mm-hmm. you know, go back and forth. So, but, it, but in a way of, of love, you know, um, I think that being adopted very much played a role. Yeah. You know, because I just didn't have, I just, you know, I didn't feel fully loved. When you were looking through the window and looking at your siblings playing and doing whatever they were doing and you felt disconnected, did you feel a sense of sadness or just one of, I'm aware that I'm adopted, I don't quite feel connected here, uh, you know, almost blasé, or was there a deeper meaning to that feeling that you had? 
Um, I think it, I think you're, I think that it's the latter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a sense of, you know, I, I, you know, this is my family, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not tied. There's no tie. Mm. Does that make sense? Like there's yes. no, um, like I love my family and they love me and I knew all of that, but there, mm. there was no, there was nothing, um, Nothing there that I could say, yes, this is my family. When people would talk to me, you know, they mm-hmm. would always say, oh, are, you know, these are your fake parents or are these your real brothers and sisters? You know, mm-hmm. so that was always, always in my head. And people, you know, people don't necessarily know the, the proper etiquette. I don't even know if there is proper etiquette on how mm-hmm. you respond to a child who's been adopted, you know, True. and kids growing up, they don't know. So in my head, I'm thinking, these are my fake parents. You know, this is, you know, these aren't my real brothers and sisters, except for maybe my, my twin sister. Um, so that was a constant throughout my whole entire life. Even even now, people yes. refer to my parents as adopted, you know, adopted parents or fake parents or, um, you know, people who took you in, um, so there was always this cloud of, you know, understanding that this is not my family. So am I right in saying that there was, it was the unconditional love that was missing? There was the love. Right. Right. But it, but you knew it was, wasn't, yeah. Right. Because it, you know, it, it was talked about, you know, look, you know, if you, if we had not adopted you, you know, mm. you could easily have been on the streets of Calcutta. You could have easily, you know, had a completely different life than the life that you have now. Who uh, said that to you? you know? Oh, that was my parents, my mom. Mm-hmm. Your mom would say that to you? Yep. Yep. Of understanding, like, you know, be thankful that you're in this family. Be thankful that you have a roof over your head and, and you know, food on the table because it would be very different if you were in India. Um, you know, especially with, with, people with disabilities, you know, mm. we don't know what class we were from, so we could have easily been um, part of the untouchables. We could have been higher up. There's no, you know, we just never knew. Um, so it was always conditional. At least that's how I felt. It was very conditional. Right. So when you got to your teenage years, Carrie, uh, what was the relationship like with your mother? Because that that's a very trying time anyway for an adolescent. Right. Right. Uh, were you left to run wild and free and just figure your stuff out as you went along, or was there some guidance here from your parents? Um, no, you know, I actually, um, I was at home until I was about 21, and then okay. I moved out to, you know, I, I met I met a man, it so mm-hmm. often happens, and um, I actually went out to New York for um, a period of time. And this was about when I was 20, 21, I left. Okay. And at that point, I was very much on my own. At that point, you know, I, my parents were not happy that I was leaving, let alone going all the way across the country. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really speak to them for about a year. And so during that time, I really had to figure myself out. I really had to just kind of, Say, okay, I'm on my own. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive? How am I going to, you know, go just out life? of just out of interest? Why did they not want you to leave? Um, a sense of, uh, you know, you want your family close. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom uh, was very, very controlling. You know, um, almost on the narcissistic side of things. She really, she expected certain things from you, you know, and so when you break out of that mold, um, it's not a good thing. People aren't, you know, she's not happy. So I kind of had to literally leave and go um, and do this for myself. Um, you know, and, and all my brothers and sisters, they all have different relationships with my mom. So, you know, and it's an ebb and flow. Um mm. But I was the one, I was probably the only one who really just broke out and left. Um, mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting because you mentioned she was narcissistic. Now, was she uh, 
overprotective or was there uh, something else going on here? Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was over, overprotectiveness. I mm-hmm. think it was more like, you know, if you go off and you're on your own, you know, how is that going to look for me? You know, like, I, what do I have to tell my friend? You know, she left. You know, she, she didn't want to be here anymore. Um, so that was really, that was really difficult um, because, you know, on one hand, I have my dad who's saying to me, you know, this is the best thing that you could do for yourself. And on the other mm-hmm. hand, I have a mother who, you know, when I told her I was leaving, got up and left the table and wouldn't come out and see me until I actually left. Did you ever find out what that fear was? No, you know, I never did. I never, I never did. Um, in retrospect, I probably should find out, but for the most part, it was a necessary, it was necessary for me to figure out who I was, to find out Mm. who I was. Um, not just as an individual, but also, you know, deep down to my core. When I absolutely, you know, what was what was that thing that was going to give me unconditional love that I so desperately wanted? So, um, you know, I went out to New York and um, I kind of, uh, and that was probably the first time that I ever experienced a slew of Indians. Mm. (laughs) So many different Indians, you know, going to medical school, going. To, you know, living in New York, mm-hmm. all these, you know, people who are the same color as me who, and, and how strange it was for me to be immersed in that culture and feel completely out of place. Right. So not only did I feel completely out of place in a Caucasian family, I felt completely out of place in my own, you know, culture. Right. Yeah. So I really was That wondering. totally makes sense, though. Yeah. Right. I yeah. was completely lost. I didn't know Hindi. I didn't know any of the the cultural um, rituals. I didn't know any of the religions. I didn't. I knew. Not, I, I didn't. I hardly even ate Indian food. So I was, you know, foreign to my own culture, my own, you know, heritage. Yeah. Um, and that that was that was a big shocker for me. I think that was because I wanted to feel belong. You know, I'm like, I just left this. Now I want to go here and mm. this is my culture. This is my, you know, these are the people that I should be with. And I didn't feel that at all. Now, what was that transition like for you? Or did you even try to make the transition once you figured this, I feel foreign in both lands almost? Yeah. You know, it, it, it certainly made me, um, I, I got interested. It was more like I was thrown into this. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a shock and awe. Like, wow, this is, this is me. This is who I am. This is my mm-hmm. culture. You know, this, the, the whole, I had no idea how to even put together a sari, let alone, um, you know, even say hello. I mean, I had people come up to me in restaurants and start speaking in Hindi to me, and I had no clue what they were saying. Wow. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was very shocking. But in the same instant, I was intrigued. Mm-hmm. This, I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn how to cook Indian food. I wanted to learn what, you know, what are the different religions? What are the different cultural um, holidays, things of that nature? Well, and you so- know what? This is a good... This is a good place to take a a quick break. So let's take a short break. Stay on the line, Kerry. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is The Path to a Better Future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. You're on the path to a better future on TalkZone. Here's Jacqueline James Friedman. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. Carrie? Yes? 
Hi there. We were talking Hi. about the culture and your transition and um, this new world that you were exploring. Can we get more into depth with that? Sure, sure. Um, you know, it when you go from feeling like you, you know, and every adoptee at some point in their lives kind of has this hole in them, mm-hmm. this wanting, this um, need to know who they are um, mm-hmm. and where they're from. And so my, I started that journey probably back in New York um, when I was kind of thrown into, you know, realizing that there's more than one of me <laughs> out there. Um, right. And so, you know, I went to a few um, Bollywood dance parties um, and I started to listen to the music and it was very... Um, you know, it was really cool. It was, it was really neat. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't even understood what, uh, you know, the dot on your forehead meant or the different dances that they had or even the music. Um, you know, I always thought, you know, here in America you had, um, was it MTV and you, th- you listen to videos and you see videos of, of singers. Well, in India, Bollywood, um, the music is, are, are the movies. So yeah. um, all those videos that you see, those are all based on movies, which was really interesting to me. Um, Very. You know, the, the different different religions and the, the different um, dialects that are in India. Very, mm-hmm. It's really intriguing. And so, you know, I started to kind of dive into that. I started to eat more Indian, Indian food. And mm-hmm. um, my boyfriend at the time um, and now husband... Um, was very, very encouraging of me, uh, wanting to explore that side of me. Um, and so, you know, I, I had the opportunity to kind of be exposed to that, uh, which I loved. I absolutely right. loved. And then, um, you know, life got busy and I kind of just let, let that go for a while mm-hmm. and, you know, had kids, uh, four kids all pretty much in a row. So that was kind of my life at that time. Um, and it wasn't until about four years ago that I really got that bug back, um, you know, especially as the kids were getting older and, um, you know, they, they were saying, okay, I'm Indian, but what does that mean? You know, right. I, you know, I, and I couldn't tell them. So I started with, um, you know, researching, um, you know, I, I would first learn about Mother Teresa. Then I would learn about Gandhi. And then I would, and that's through books, through documentaries, through movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, that, that, you know, I'm getting kind of a gist of that, um, key mm-hmm. figures in India. And then I started to say, okay, now it's time to start cooking and cooking Indian food. Um, it, it's, it, that was a very interesting experience because I would be learning from YouTube videos. And I would be learning mm. from um, cooking shows. And then I was at a friend's house whose uh, parents were Indian and, and they, you know, we were all in the kitchen and we were all cooking. It was a very different experience because when you're young, you know, kids are in the kitchen. You know, you're, you're learning how to make roti. You know, mm. you're constantly moving your hands and, and, and you're learning the techniques and the different subtleties of, um, you know, how to how to mix spices and do all of that and, and I was just I was just throwing them in I had no idea that there was a, a an art to it right um, you know and and I always thought you know I would always when I went to Starbucks I would ask for you know chai tea well chai is tea in India so you're kind of saying it twice <laughs> so tea tea now yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh actually I didn't know that see I've just learned something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And masala means spices, just a mixture of spices. Right. I knew that um, because I love Indian food. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's wonderful. And, and there's so many subtle different things that you can do with that. Um, so I started to really get it. So I, I would, I would add on to my dishes and, and keep adding on and adding on. So now I feel very comfortable cooking Indian food at home and right. I do it as often as I can. And my kids are starting, you know, I have one son who wants to, um, 
learn how to cook Indian food. He wants to learn Hindi so that he can go to India and study abroad. I have. Wow, that's awesome. Right. And now the, the interesting thing too is that, you know, I, I married a German. And so, uh, I have a daughter with blue eyes, which, mm-hmm. you know, mixed, mixed marriages, um, kids are just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was very interesting to, to see them grow up too, because, you know, on one hand, there was one night we we're at the table and it was like, you know, mom, you always cook Indian food, but what about German food? <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's they're starting, like they're starting to build their own identity because Absolutely. I'm excited about mine. Absolutely. And, it, and um, it's really, I think it's really important that, you know, we understand where we're coming from. I feel more connected. I feel more, that hole that I had, are, the pieces are starting to fill in. Okay. Uh, you know? And and as I'm learning, I'm going to be learning Hindi, and I'm learning different dance dances. I'm learning the culture, the history, the the food, meeting other other people from India. It's all kind of intertwining and all coming back to my roots. Beautiful. And, um, In yeah. fact, I was going to ask you if you have friends who are India now. If you've been able to make good friends, um, I do. You know, yes, I. Yeah. And it's funny because they're the ones who are teaching me. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. the ones who are, and it's, it's fun because as they see me get excited and, and very curious and wanting to know, they kind of, it kind of just reinvents them as well because they're mm-hmm. getting excited. You know, something that was mundane and normal and, you know, traditionally, you know, that's what they did every year. It's almost like a revival of of excitement about your own culture, um, because here I am, a baby in all of this. Um, and it certainly so, is a very rich culture. I mean, I, I I don't know if you could ever know everything about it. There is just so much to so much, yeah. to the to India itself with their history mm-hmm. and so forth, and the culture that goes with it, and the different languages. Um, right, and the caste systems that it's very, very complex in a lot of oh, respects. Yeah. Very, very much so. And you know, my my first, my full circle will come when next year I go to India for the first time. Mm. Since I was, since I left there, since I was a baby. I wonder so, if that will fill the gap. I think it will, and I think it will definitely transform me um, mm. to some degree. Um, and, and, and really, yeah, fill that gap, fill that hole, um, have the experience of being, um, you know, and I'm going to go back to visit my orphanage that I came from as well. Yes. So yes. that's going to, that's going to be completely emotional, but yes, it's it is important. It, it really is important because, you know, you, you, we go through this life and people come in and out of it and life happens. And you have your ups and downs, but when you know who you are, when you are at your core and you are strong in the person that you are, you know, life is so much richer and so much more manageable. And it's, you know, it's been a journey. You know, I'm 37 years old. It's been a very long journey. Um, And I've just recently started it. So I'm excited to see what happens in the future and to see my kids. You know, be proud of their Indian half. Uh, be proud Absolutely. of their Indian half. But also understand that they're American, just like we mm-hmm. all are. You know, we're American. What does that mean? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's exciting. It's exciting. And, and you it know, is. in the past years, my my parents have have understood that, and they have kind of come around and and accepted that, um, mm-hmm. and are very proud of me. For do, you know, for, for exploring that side. It was scary, you know, it was scary at first, but then, you know, you get over your fears and you move forward. Oh, you brought <laughs> a little tear to my eye actually, because this is the message that I like to get out to everyone with the, all the hurdles and the challenges and the pain that we endure during our lifetime. 
it's always refreshing to hear someone that's really, really making that journey to make things better for themselves. And that's what this show is all about. Let's talk about how you make those changes. Um, and you've pretty much done that right now. But I want to get into that a little bit more um, because we need to take a short break. And uh, so stay on the line. Okay, Carrie? Sounds good. Great. We need to take a short break right now. I'm Jacqueline James Friedman, and this is the path to a better future on TalkZone.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Let's return to Jacqueline James Friedman for more of the path to a better future on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com. My guest today is Carrie, and she's been discussing her personal account of being adopted and how she discovered her true self. So, Carrie, we're right in the last segment, and I could talk to you for hours. This is just <laughs> such an amazing story. It really, truly is, um, and, and how you've come from, you know, from the little baby not even knowing your true birth, birth date, I did not know that. So that's something new to me. Um, and how you have evolved. And I think it's excellent. Excellent. So when you were making all of those transitions and going through that journey, which you said has been a long journey, were right. there any interventions? Did you ever have therapy? Did you, what was it that you, you did to help you through all of this? Sure. You know, um, I absolutely went through therapy. I think it's, you know, therapy is such a helpful tool and such a helpful arena to, um, really kind of sort things out and really kind of explore areas about yourself that you didn't really understand or didn't realize. And um, I had a wonderful therapist who um, just kind of pointed me in the right direction. And it was my job to kind of figure that out and work mm. with what she gave me. And, you know, and a lot of that was, was absolutely through books, through just talking it out, just kind mm. of um, letting it happen in your head and kind of work through the different uh, struggles or the different problems or the different questions that you had. For instance, for me, you know, where does this whole thing of unconditional love, you know, why didn't I feel conditional love in my family who, who did rescue my sister and I from, mm-hmm. you know, a potential different, you know, completely different life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and where did that stem from? And things of the nature of, you know, where do I belong? Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that, you know, I belong exactly where I am in that moment. That's right. my journey. It, it's living in the moment, being here, um, you know, facing the challenges in life, um, knowing that, knowing who you are. I am a strong, Indian woman who was adopted and came from a family of nine kids who has struggled throughout her life, but is learning as she goes the meaning of what it means to be Indian, the meaning of what it means to be American, to, um, you know, as well as what is it that I want? How do I want to proceed? How do I want to be in this life? You know, I right. could I could easily have many many resentments, many. Sure. You know, but I choose not to. You know, that's in the past. What is right in front of me right now, and what is in front of me is diving in, feeling more Indian, feeling more a part of my culture, understanding it more. You know, and, and having that as my root, uh, my core uh, of of just who I am as a person. Um, you know, on the flip side, raising my family, building them yes. up, showing them life uh, isn't easy, but you do have family. And, you know, throughout this whole time, you know, I have a family, you know, and, and I may even have two families. I don't even know if my birth parents had other kids or, yes. you know, what their lives were. Maybe one day I'll find that out. You know, but as it stands now, 
it's not an it, it's not something that is so crucial to me. Sure. Um, what's what's crucial to me is for my kids to grow up knowing who they are as individuals. Yes. yes. And be able to to face the challenges that we all face uh, on a regular basis. You know, just getting through school. Um, you know, getting through the emotions that they have to go through. Um, and and part of that is being able to read about it. You know, if you're in question, if you ever have questions or you're you're not sure of something, you know, there's nothing wrong in asking. There's nothing Correct. wrong in looking for help. And that was a big stumbling block way back when. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to be able to go to a counselor, to be able to talk these things out, to be able to yes. read the books that I was able to read, to be able yes. to the things live live the experiences um, you know and so now for me challenges don't seem as difficult you know because you have a positive attitude you know right no you can face it you know life's not going to give you what you can't handle you know you have right. to choose how you decide to handle it really absolutely um, yes it's and very true in who, yeah and when you're strong in who you are you're able to handle it Everything it else begins to fall into place, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It doesn't make it hurt any less. Doesn't make it hard, hard you know, less hard, right? Because that's always going to be there. But the way you attack it, the way you handle it, the way you perceive it, has a whole different meaning, a whole different change. So now, with the very- um, the way you grew up in your family, um, right. how have you used that? In bringing up your own family now, is there any differences? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, one of the things that, it, that I have found is because when I grew up, there was so much going on, and so you know, a lot of time spent on all the different kids. You know, I've made it a point to, you know, so I have four: two boys who are older and two younger girls. So my husband and I each take them out. We try and do this once a month, take them each out, even if it's just to go to the park, mm-hmm. as individual children. So okay. they get that time. They get that individual, you know, to ask questions, to, to mm-hmm. let them be able to express themselves and have fun with just mom. You know, mom's not just mom. Mom can be fun, too. And dad right. can be fun. Um you know, or, or and the other thing is to really work on communication with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel upset or if you feel bad, talk it out. And, right. and we all need to learn that. It's not a, it's not an innate thing. It's something that we all learn. Um, I wasn't a very good communicator when I was growing up. You know, I was stifled. You know, I had a mother who was very domineering, and, and everything was about her. And so mm-hmm. I never got to express my needs or my wants or, or what I felt was the right way um, because it just got squashed. But in my family now, it's very important that we all discuss. You can argue with me all you want. Sure. And you can disagree, um, but there's a way to do it. Now, so, did you ever sit down with your mother? I know you said that you don't have any resentment. You're moving on and moving forward, which is wonderful. Um, but have you ever talk to her about some of the feelings that you had from the past or have you just left that alone you know to be honest I left it alone and um, the reason I left it alone is because um, you know even in other circumstances it was very clear to me that she is very set in her ways and and she doesn't feel like she needs to change Um, Mm. and so you know in that regard, I, I had two choices. I can either say, okay, I don't want that person in my life, um, but she's my mom. Um, and second of all, it's like, okay, this is who she is. I will put up my boundaries. I will do what I need to do in order for me to take care of me and my family. Um, but I won't exclude her from my life. She is my mom. She did raise us. She did, you know, she did adopt us. And I am forever grateful to her for yeah. that. But I yeah. do know my boundaries. I've learned that. I know what's healthy and what's not healthy. And then that took a long time, and I'm still learning it. Um, mm. But because of that, 
that only made me stronger as a person in general. So, you know, it, it uh, and I could not have done that if I didn't get the help that I needed. Yeah, and good so, for you. So I can't, I can't stress that enough, how important it is to, to just ask for help because I needed it and I'm that much more ahead of where I would have been. Yes, absolutely. I can share that with my kids. Your sister, where where is she with all of this? Does she feel the uh, same way as you moving forward, or does she have resentments and issues? You know, she, she doesn't have resentments. I think she um, she hasn't explored as much as I have, um, mm-hmm. and so you know she gets very. I mean, she doesn't even like Indian food, which is funny. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I mean, at least that's what she tells me. Um, uh-huh. When I make Indian food for her, you know, she'll just have a little bit and be like, okay, this isn't too bad. Um, but no, she never explored it like I did. Um, you know, I think that she's she's just kind of going through life and she hasn't really gotten to that point of, um, okay, I'm going to really take a look at who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very happy for me. She's very encouraging and, and certainly supportive. Um, and in some, in some ways she wishes that that were her, you know, she was able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for own, just her own personal, you know, her life in general, it's very different from mine. So, yes, um, she goes about life her way. Um, but she's, again, she's very supportive, which is nice. And when she is over here, I try and throw some culture in, you know, I try and, and kind of. Like I said, I get very excited and, and, you know, really into understanding my culture and my history. And so I teach her a few things. Yes. Yes. Oh, (laughs) Carrie, this has been a wonderful hour. It truly, truly has been. And, uh, you. you know, just to sum up very quickly before we, before we call this week's show to a halt, What's a message that you send out to other people out there? Um, you know, as an adoptee, you know, there's always that sense of of uh, mystery and and questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage everybody to really, what it comes down to is know thyself. Look at who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need help, get help. Um, mm-hmm. But the more you understand you, um, the better your life will be. The, the, just so many doors and so many windows will be opened up, um, and it's very exciting. Life can be so exciting. So whether you're an wonderful person, whether anything, you know, wonderful, go for it. beautiful words. We've been speaking with Kerry from California. Kerry, thank you so much for sharing your. Oh, my goodness. Lovely. I feel wonderful listening to you. Thank you for joining us. I'm very honored that you gave up your time to share this story. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Thank you for listening to The Path to a Better Future with Jacqueline James Friedman on TalkZone.com.